Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary on this Thursday. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. You can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email the show Diary at yahoo.com. Coming up on the program today, the Yankees finally get their guy, the Flames finally get a chance to see their guy, and we go deep in the National Football League. Power rankings and then... The NFL Playoff Committee sits down and puts together our best 14 teams for the playoffs. That's how we're deciding it this year. That's how it's going to be. So we're going to do the, the, the NFL. The NFL Playoff Committee sits down and figures it all out. They're, they're working hard. You can hear in the background. Even now, papers rustling. Hard work being done to figure out who should be making the NFL Playoff. So that's what we're going to be doing on the show today. And we'll close with today's ticket because I need a bounce back. So uh, thank you guys so much. Remember to like this video, hit subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening in podcast form after, uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you can. Um, All right. You are being a little loud back there. Anyway, let's get to the show and start with some baseball. Even when all the rumors were going, I had said that while the Blue Jays getting Juan Soto would be a lot of fun, the most obvious outcome was him going to the New York Yankees. And the Yankees finally realized that maybe Michael King isn't untouchable, and they send him to the San Diego Padres in a deal that brings the prodigious outfielder to now his third team, the New York Yankees. And... There's a a lot of layers to this, but look, the the obvious one is the New York Yankees get a guy who has been compared to Ted Williams. So that makes you better. And there's a lot of, like, he he is um, unrestricted at the end of the year, so he can go off and do whatever he wants to do after uh, after this. Maybe that is stay in New York. The Yankees certainly could afford to pay uh, pay him. So we will see what happens. But this is the Yankees understanding that what was uh, out there on the field last year was not good enough. And they go out and add a guy whose swing is perfect for Yankee Stadium. This guy could hit 60 in Yankee Stadium this year. Um, They they get someone tailor-made for their ballpark and tailor-made for their lineup. Now, just plopping in Juan Soto isn't enough to make this team a contender. Um, It makes them better. No question about it, it makes them better. Right? And it, it immediately makes them better than the Red Sox. At current moment, probably better than the Blue Jays and Rays. Um, But this is still a flawed team. And so this cannot be it for Brian Cashman and the Yankees. This needs to be a big off season. They're in on Yamamoto. That would certainly help. This cannot be your only move and just, oh, well, we got Juan Soto. We're we're now great. Look at this. Juan Soto and Aaron Judge. Look how good they are. How's the defense going to be? Shut the fuck up. We don't care. We're going to score 18 runs a game. That's good. That's what it's going to be. But like, th- this lineup still is not good enough, quite frankly. Like, that well, we'll get to the other stuff that they need to address in a minute. Th- this lineup still isn't good enough. DJ LeMahieu, um, at the, the top of it, uh, hit 243 last year, and he's, I would say, on the back part of his career. Stanton and Rizzo each had injury issues last year. That is not new for Stanton. It kind of is for Rizzo, but both of them are 34 years old. Now, we're not going to assume that Rizzo comes, um, has another concussion, but th- this is... This was always the problem with the Yankees going into last season is that you were relying on best case scenario on a bunch of dudes who are in their 30s. Now you're relying on best case scenario for a bunch of dudes who are in their 30s and a 20-something Juan Soto, which helps. Obviously it helps. But I I think if you're just like, oh, well, yeah, Juan Soto and Aaron Judge, best lineup in baseball. And yeah, when you, you stack them all up, it looks impressive. 
until you remember, okay, well, LeMay, he was post-Apex. Uh, Stanton, probably post-Apex. He's 34. Um, Rizzo, post-Apex. Like, th these are all guys who are kind of in the back part of their career who, if they play to what they used to be, then yeah, this line's gonna be fucking insane. Are they going to be that? I don't know. Probably not, would be my guess. So I, I think that the Yankees still have some work to do on this lineup. And then you get to a pitching rotation that after Garrett Cole, it's just not good. Uh, Carlos Rodon had a dreadful first year in the Bronx. Um, Nestor Cortez was bad and then hurt all season long. And then after that, it's a bunch of dudes you've never heard of. So going out and getting another pitcher is going to be crucial for this Yankees team. This is a phenomenal move and going to be one of the biggest moves of the offseason. Probably when it all shakes out, the second biggest move of the offseason next to whoever gets Shohei Otani. But this cannot be the only move for the Yankee offseason because they're still not better than Baltimore and they're still not better than Houston. That leaves you with another disappointing American League Division Series finish at best, I think, out in New York. And if they have eyes on a championship they're not better than Atlanta they're not better than the Dodgers now and that's before maybe even Shohei um and if the Blue Jays get Shohei it puts them kind of neck and neck given how the Blue Jays pitching staff can be now there's depth issues there but it goes deeper than one which is what New York has right now so again not to poo-poo anything because this is a giant move for the Yankees and it shows a commitment to this team that they have not had in about a decade it just can't it, it has to be the start and not the okay well no, we're done. Cool. Awesome. Let's go out and get a random player X for uh, $700,000. This can't be that. That This has to be a season that the Yankees continue to, to get after it and and grow with um, in this free agent market. And like there could be some internal growth, right? Like uh, Volpe and Peraza could take steps forward this year. And at some point, Dominguez will come back probably toward the end of the year. Um, at some point he comes back and locks it in. One thing that is interesting, if they're talking about Judge in center field, that probably takes them out of the Kevin Kiermeyer bidding, which uh, he has long been someone who I would want back from a Blue Jays standpoint. Speaking of the Blue Jays, it's getting late early this offseason. Um, Candelario has signed, I believe it was with the Reds. Um, either way, he's off the market now. And that is, I think, a bit of a concern for the Blue Jays. Um, they are obviously waiting to see what, one of the best players in baseball history is doing with free agency, of which they are apparently a finalist. They better hope they get him, because um, Soto is now gone. Candelario, who was uh, a lot of people projecting as the third base replacement for Matt Chapman, has made his way to a different organization. So now are you going to overspend and bring in Matt Chapman to stick around at third base? If you're spending $50, $60 million on, on Shohei Otani, and if you don't get him, what are the other moves then? Like, it, it just, it, it better work is what I'm saying because now you're starting to see some of the targets for the Blue Jays come off of the board. And if they are left as the runner-up, you don't get 75% of a Shohei Otani. Um, you, you have to go out there, pivot, and make some big moves very quickly. So th this is going to be an interesting offseason. And look, even if Shohei signs, it's the same as the Yankees situation. One dude albeit the best dude, but one dude does not fix your issues, that there are still other things that they have to, to roll out there with. If they have Shohei Otani as their everyday DH, but still have Espinal and Biggio in the lineup every day, yeah, not going to be enough, I don't think, for, for this Blue Jays team. So, um, it's getting fun, but I'd, I'd like them to do something now. That would be great. Uh, so we will see how it all goes. Uh, all right, quick preview now for tonight's hockey game.
this is a simple one. From the Calgary Flames standpoint, what do they need to do better than they have the last couple of games? Everything. Um, they have not defended very well. Offensively, they have been putrid, and the goaltending's been okay. Um, Vladar w was not the problem in the last game, but this will be the third different starter they have in three games, which is uh, saying something. I thought the Flames were pretty soundly outplayed until the last, like, five minutes against the Canucks, and then they didn't even have five good minutes against the Minnesota Wild, who just came in and took their lunch money the other night. The Flames now need to bounce back against a, a Carolina Hurricanes team that is going to be right pissed after how they played against the Edmonton Oilers last night. They got absolutely shit-kicked. The Flames need to step it up. They have the kid in goal, Dustin Wolf. He is going to get a lot of saves. Um, he was just announced as the starter, so I haven't seen any player props for him yet, but I, I would take the over on number of saves that Dustin Wolf makes in this one. Um, I, I think he's going to have a very busy night against the Carolina Hurricanes team. This is not an easy team to get right against, so we will see what the Flames do here. Um, but this is, this is going to be an interesting test for, for Dustin Wolf. We'll see what lineup changes happen tonight. I would imagine that the players who were scratched come back into the lineup here uh, against Carolina. Um, Pospisil, I've said before, has been a little underwhelming, but so was everybody against Minnesota. He can come in, provide that spark, and we'll see what Gilbert does as well. So interesting night for the Flames. I don't exactly have high hopes. This is a really good Carolina team. And in this little run here, especially this homestand, but in this 25 game gauntlet or whatever that was um, leading up to Christmas, that one was one of the free spaces on the bingo card that they were supposed to get. And they played like they thought that. So we will see what they, they bounce back with here against Carolina tonight. Uh, should be a fun one for post game. I am on game over Calgary. Once this game wraps up, this evening. Um, okay, let's get into now the NFL. Uh, just quickly, I know the football thing he played. Just as I said that, Walker Dewar and Jordan Osterley are the healthy scratches probably tonight. That uh, from Pat Steinberg. So that is what is going to happen there. Um, okay, NFL power rankings. We're going to do power rankings, and then we're going to get to the playoff committee. I know what you're thinking. If we're doing the playoff committee with 14 teams in the playoff, wouldn't it just be your top 14? No, 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 no. It's not just me. It's the committee. So we're going to be getting to that here in a little bit. Uh, your NFL power rankings at 32. I'd say they've clinched this at this point. It's the Carolina Panthers. We don't need to do a lot more on Carolina this season. They're bad, and they're going to continue to be bad this year, and they need to make a real investment in this team going into next season. The New England Patriots are at 31. They're bad, they're going to continue to be real bad, and they need to make a real investment in this offense for next season. You see how this is going? Um, yeah, it's just, it's brutal out there in New England. That, that was a, a disgusting display of football against the Chargers. They're... There have been like five, that's one of the worst football games ever, candidates this season in the NFL. It's It's been a rough year. At 30, it is the Chicago Bears. Uh, they were on a bye last week, so there you go. Um, at 29, it's the Jets. They are apparently going with Zach Wilson, who may or may not not want to play for the uh, the Jets again this season, but he is getting the call back at, um, at quarterback. It was a nice little reminder like, hey, it can get worse. Um, as they, they have seen that random quarterback X was not enough. Why they didn't bring Joe Flacco in, I don't know, but to each their own, I suppose. Um, but Zach Wilson is the, um, is the starter for the Jets now, but this team, it's just been ugly. The Giants have at least put together a couple of competent efforts in a row here as Tommy DeVito has started to, to figure a couple of things out, but they are still at 28. At 27, Arizona, hey, they beat Pittsburgh, so that's, 
that's a thing that they did. Um, look, like they are, they aren't as bad as they were at the beginning of the season. Now that Kyler Murray is back and this offense is starting to move the ball a little bit and giving the defense any kind of a break. So, um, at least some signs of positivity out in Arizona, not as much in Washington. They got their doors blown off this week by Miami. That's going to be a, a thing that continues. Um, there's now frustration out in Washington about, uh, volume for Terry McLaurin, them getting a late buy kind of sucks with a, a young quarterback. You'd like to give him one, like kind of middle of the season to just kind of, okay, now let's see what can we actually do here. Week 14 buys are fucking stupid. Can we just say that? And not even just for fantasy sports, which is one of the lifebloods of why the NFL is as popular as it is, but um, fuck them, right? Um, but the, like Thanksgiving, all the buys should be done by Thanksgiving. If that means more teams have to be on buy each week, then fine. Um, but they, they should all be done by Thanksgiving. At 25, it is the Vegas Raiders. They, again, were off last week. At 24, it is the Minnesota Vikings, um, as that one on Dobbs kind of comes crashing down to earth a little bit here. At 23, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, it's a big fall for them in, in these. It, it's just, um, it's, it's a development time now for Tennessee. A new era is starting with the Tennessee Titans. At 22, the Atlanta Falcons. This is a big drop for the Falcons, and that's coming off of a win. I am just, after my rant last week about this offense, I am so over it with Atlanta. Um, I'm not taking, I don't care that I have a division leader at 22. I just don't care. Um, so that's, that's where I am at. At 21, it is the LA Chargers, another team that took a big fall for me this week, despite picking up a victory. It's just so ugly. And the, this this offense has so much uh, so many capable weapons on it, and some incapable. But it just continues to be disgusting football week in week out from the LA Chargers, and I'm just over it. At 20, the Indianapolis Colts are making a push right now with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Uh, they play in some wild games, man, but it is fun every week watching how Indianapolis just does not quit. Gardner Minshew absolutely earning him a job somewhere in the league next season. At 19, the Denver Broncos. Uh, some of the polish comes off of that as the five-game winning streak comes to an end. But they are like right where they should be, right in kind of the middle of the, uh, the, the NFL. At 18, it is the New Orleans Saints. Again, a team where offensively it gets a little bit ugly. Uh, defensively, like they, they can put up some points for sure. Um, for, um, you know what I mean. Fantasy football, that's what I was looking for. Um, they, they can they can help you out in that case. It's, it's a fine defense. Dennis Allen is a good defensive coach, but this offense needs a real kick in the ass. At 17, it's Seattle. They hung with Dallas this week, um, but that's that's kind of where I view them as like a, a team that can hang with good teams, but isn't going to beat any of them. At 16, it's Tampa Bay. I can't quit the Buccaneers. Um, they have a massive game this week against the Atlanta Falcons to try to keep them as one of the, the top teams in the NFC South. We will see what they do, but Mike Evans has been balling out this year. Um, the defense is okay, but the, the offense has been good enough to keep them in games and keep the ball moving down the field, and you're starting to see Rashad White kind of figure some stuff out in that Tampa Bay backfield, so it's it's an interesting team to kind of keep your eye on. At 15, it's Pittsburgh. Um, the offense was starting to look better, and now Kenny Pickett is hurt, so we'll see what Mitch Trubisky can do in what will be one of the worst games of the year tonight on Thursday Night Football with the Steelers taking on the New England Patriots. Um, at 14, it's Green Bay. That was a huge win over Kansas City, so they take a huge jump in the um, in the rankings. I I think that this is going to be a team that has something to say about the playoffs this year. Um, Jordan Love has really started to figure things out, and this offense is starting to, to really click here 
out in Green Bay. At 13, it's Cleveland, um, probably too high still, but they're they're getting the job done in some of these spots, so there's that. Um, at 12, Cincinnati, probably too high again, but they, they pick up a big win on Monday night to, uh, to, to kind of keep them hanging around right close to the top 10. At 11, it's the LA Rams. I'm telling you guys, there's something going on with this LA team. This offense is moving the ball a lot better than people were expecting. The defense is still not great, but the offense is good enough to, to kind of mask that. So watch out for the Rams here in the last little bit. Into the top 10 now, it's the Houston Texans. Um, they lose Tank Dell because you, when you're down at the goal line, one thing you absolutely have to do is have your 160-pound receiver um, out there blocking. That, I'm, I'm sure, helped move the pile quite a bit. So, um, you know, just collateral damage on that. It sucks, but th this is still going to be an offense that can move the ball, and we'll see who can kind of step up in the explosive play department. Um, at 9, it's Jacksonville. That was a tough loss against a disappointing uh, Cincinnati Bengals team last week, so they bumped down a little bit. At 8, it's Detroit. Right there in the, maybe I'm starting to take you seriously, but this defense, it, just too many problems. Buffalo has put up a couple of good outings in a row. They have a massive one against Kansas City this week. They are at 7. The Chiefs, after their loss to Green Bay, drop down to 6. I just can't take this offense seriously enough to put them as a top five team in at five Baltimore. They were on a bye this week and still somehow managed to move up um, at four. It's the Miami dolphins. Again, we've, we did this a couple of weeks ago. We're not doing the, well, who have they beat, right? Like what, what, what could they possibly do to, um, to, to like, what, what have they done against good teams to make you trust this? Well, as we went through, no one's done anything against good teams and they look like a great team right now. So we are going with that. Um, and then the top three, all in the NFC. For all this talk about the murderer's row that the AFC is, the NFC has the top three. Dallas at three, Philadelphia at two, and San Francisco coming off of a dominant performance against Philadelphia. They're the number one team. Offensively, no one's playing better. Defensively, last couple of weeks, no one's playing better. This is so clearly right now the best team in the NFL. I think, quite honestly, they are a tier of their own right now in the NFL. So, we're going to hit a graphic one more time. It's going to be the same one as before, but we need the drama to set up. The playoff committee has come down and made their decision about who should be. There's still a couple weeks left, but who should be in the NFL playoff. Uh, so that is coming up next. All right. I didn't realize how high up the camera was. Um, we have gathered the entire football committee. The playoff committee has gathered, and it is now time. Well, the camera being reversed thing is really messing with me. Yes, this is a lucha mask on a Dallas Cowboys Cup. Deal with it. Um, us three, the playoff committee. If you're just listening to this, that whole sounded weird, but just trust me. Um, us three, the playoff committee, have come together to uh, announce our playoff rankings for the 2023-2024 NFL playoffs. Um, 14 teams make it. That's the playoffs. So that, that those are... We, we want the 14 best, best teams, though. So, uh, number one, the two teams that get the bye. Uh, conferences be fucked. It is uh, San Francisco and Philadelphia. Um, it was a, a, not much of a debate between us three here. But it was, um, we have come to the decision that those are the teams that get the bye. At three, 
It is Kansas City. Yes, Kansas City, who was sixth in my power rankings. Uh, but uh, Christmas Yoda here made some excellent points about the the pedigree of Kansas City um, and how high-powered they could be at their best. So they, they deserved to move up. Also, they beat our number four team, Miami. So they get to, to leapfrog them with the, the strength of that victory. Uh, Miami comes in at number four. At five, maybe a bit surprising, but it's the Dallas Cowboys. Um, the psychosis uh, obviously had a lot to say about uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys, given that you can see the, the Cowboys face tattoo underneath there. <laughs> um... But, uh, the, the, like, obviously the Cowboys have beat some really good teams, but they've lost to both teams in our top, so we had to to knock them out of the, the top um, the, the top five. Just quick aside, I thought about doing a, um, just the, the playoffs as the college football playoff in the top four, but I did not want all of the smoke of, oh, yeah, I left Dallas out. Um, so that's why one of the reasons I expanded to the 14. Um, in at number six, it's the Dallas, or it's the, the Baltimore Ravens. I don't, I don't think that's overly controversial. At seven, maybe a little low for some people, but Buffalo does get in. Congratulations, Buffalo, um, for, for your win with the committee. At eight, it's Detroit. Again, maybe a team that the committee isn't as high on as some others, but there's just been a couple of losses in there that, that we can't overlook. At nine, the Houston Texans, a fun story so far, a lot of explosion in this offense, but that, that is something that we're going to go with. At 10, we put the LA Rams, uh, again, pedigree, what we get, um, it, it's not just because of LA that we're putting them so high, trust me, that they, they are one of the 14 best, Yoda's ear just went in my ear, uh, at 11, Jacksonville, maybe down a little bit, but Quarterback injuries, we have to be worried about those. So they bump down a little bit. This one's a bit of a surprise. Jumping up, the last three, pretty big surprises, and we'll explain. Um, Green Bay moves into our playoff, um, our, our NFL playoff, given how well they have played recently. Um, like, yes, it started off slow, but now recently, boy, they've come on, so they make it in. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers get in. Um, again, started off slow, but they, they have kind of come on a little bit and are, are really starting to show some moxie here. So they get in over Atlanta. Um, and, well, we'll get into the teams who just missed. Uh, and lastly, the Indianapolis Colts get in. Again, a team that has just been trying so hard all season long. And so teams that were on the bubble that missed. Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh all drop out. Um, we, we had a few above Indianapolis as well jump into the, the playoff committee. Um, or into the, the, the NFL playoff. But I think the main thing, Cincinnati and Cleveland, I mean, look, the precedent was set by the college football committee. We can't be having quarterback injuries. We can't be having these backups in here. And so Indianapolis, you could, like, you could say it's the backup, but really Gardner Minshew's the starter. Um, they, they get in based off of that. Uh, Pittsburgh, again, quarterback injuries, and just it's, it's been ugly football this year. And so we, we didn't think they deserve it. So there is your NFL playoff. Um, it stacks up with San Francisco against Philly as, uh, the two teams that get the bye. Uh, then the playoff matchups, Kansas City against, In uh, Indianapolis, Miami against Tampa Bay, Dallas against Green Bay, Baltimore, Jacksonville, Buffalo against the Rams, and Detroit against Houston. So those are the, uh, the NFL playoffs as so decreed by the NFL playoff committee. Uh, it's time now for today's ticket. In a second. Just wait for it. Right now. All right. Whew, that was uh, some official stuff. 
that we just covered there. Uh, all right, today's ticket. We got a couple for you. Uh, we will start in the NHL. I have to really be worried. I put a lucha mask and a Yoda doll beside my dog. Um, we'll start in the NHL. The Minnesota Wild playing some really good right, uh, hockey right now, taking on a Vancouver team that has started to stumble a wee bit. Uh, so I like Minnesota as the underdog in this at plus 112. And then we go to the NBA. We got Lakers minus one and a half. They're coming off of a big win against the Phoenix Suns, playing a, a pesky New Orleans Pelicans team. I think the, the the Lakers will be able to get it done. I like Lakers minus one and a half. Milwaukee minus five against the Indiana uh, the, the Indiana Pacers. Sorry, the the, the neither team's going to play a whole lot of defense. And if we get into a shootout, I will take Lillard and Giannis over um, the Pacers, all due respect to what the Pacers offense is doing. And we're also going over the absurd total of 254, but I could see both of these teams in the 130s, given how the, neither of them plays very good defense and both of them are very good at offense. So those are... Uh, the plays on today's ticket. And that is today's show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, remember, rate, review, subscribe if you are listening in podcast form. If you're watching this, hit like, hit subscribe. Um, and also, if you could, uh, share this video with your friends. That would help me out greatly. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we got fights to make coming out of UFC Austin. Uh, we are going to do the WWE one. Uh, it's the G1, but with WWE competitors, what would that kind of look like? Uh, who would be our combatants in that one? And we are doing an, a full NFL preview for the week. So that is what is coming up. Follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. Uh, we did the latest episode of the Flames Rebuild. That is up video on demand right now on twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. Um, and it should be up here on YouTube in uh, next little while anyway um so thank you thank you thank you you guys are a blast to chat with i obviously have fun doing these shows and i will talk to all of you tomorrow have a good day